Hey guys, this week on the podcast, I have Dr. Efrat Lamandre. She also goes by Dr. E. She is the owner and operator of a medical practice called EG Healthcare, which provides pediatric, adult, and geriatric care to over 20,000 patients. In addition to her primary care practice, she also has taken a conventional medicine approach to the next level by her signature process, The New Method. She helps patients take control of their health and destiny using a functional medicine approach that empowers them to realize that their symptoms are not in their head. And as a result, she helps people optimize their health, prevent illness, reduce medications, and feel great. She really breaks down how she's built all of her businesses. She has a total of four. And she's such a great public speaker, and she offers a ton of nuggets for nurse practitioners and nurses that they can definitely glean from today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening as always. And let's hear a word from my sponsors. Before we dive into the podcast episode, I have to tell you about one of our sponsors that make the Dr. Nurse podcast possible. Picmonic is a study tool for nurses and nurse practitioners to commit to memory thousands of topics that we have to learn for school and for our final certification exam. By using science-backed picture mnemonics, Picmonic has created a research-proven learning system filled with memorable characters, unforgettable stories, and built-in quizzes. Picmonic is better than all flashcards I walked around with while I was preparing for my exams. They also have a comprehensive learning review quiz study app system to help you review content and test your knowledge. So check them out and use my code DRNURSE for 20% off. And stay tuned, I got one more sponsorship for you. I want to take this chance to tell you about another sponsor of the Dr. Nurse podcast that I'm affiliated with called NP Hub. I love this company because they are motivated to help place students with preceptors when school systems place them in really tough spots to find preceptors. I also love this company because they synergistically help nurse practitioners get paid to precept students. And you know I'm always down for a good side hustle. Let your NP license and your day job help you make an extra $8,000 a year with just precepting students and teaching them how to do what it is that you already do every day. I have a link to sign up in the show notes. Guys, check out their company and be sure to sign up. Dr. E, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so happy to have you on. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So let's dive right in to kind of tell my guest exactly what it is that you do, what's your job title, and kind of how do you see your role day to day? I I do nothing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure everybody's awake. uh, So I guess I would at this point call myself, so I'm a family nurse practitioner with a PhD in integrative medicine, which is why I'm called Dr. E, because my full name is Afrat Lamandre, and really no one can pronounce that. So I guess at this point, I would call myself a medical entrepreneur. I have four different businesses, which we'll get into. So at this point, in order to encompass all of it, I would have to say I'm a medical entrepreneur. We'll start there. Yeah, that's good. I like that title. And that's like the first time I think I've ever had a nurse practitioner call themselves that. So that's really, really cool. And a a different like mindset change. So I guess I kind of want to hear what all your businesses are. Just take us through like the litany of things and the different hats you're wearing these days. Okay. So to tell you like what they are, I'll just walk you through the journey because each one came out of a problem. Then then I wanted to solve. And then I decided to make a business out of it. 
So basically that's the trajectory. So I started as most of your listeners have uh, as a nurse, med surge, then ER trauma and all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, then I became an NP and I worked for two places, a, a community health center that specialized for in the underserved population, which was amazing because clinically you have to really be on point because you can't just order 50,000 labs, right? It doesn't exist. And, and I also worked in a, like an ortho pain practice. And what I realized really quickly is that I don't do well working for other people. If you ask me <laughs> why I started all of it is because I, I just don't do well working for other people. I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And I didn't realize at that point that that meant I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I just realized that it just, I found it really restricting to like punch in and punch out. I think you alluded to that earlier and that whole requesting time off and all of it, it just didn't resonate. So I, I used to get, to, <laughs> used to get in trouble a lot, but I didn't realize that that just meant I wasn't supposed to be somewhere else. So I, uh, so that community-based center, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we could do this. I feel like we could do this in New York because this was in New Jersey. Let's just open up a practice. And it happened to be that everything is divine intervention. I got a phone call from my kid's old pediatrician. And she said, hey, I heard you're a nurse practitioner and I love nurse practitioners and I'm retiring. What do you think about buying my practice? And I was like, as luck would have it, I was just wanted to open up my own practice. That's so crazy. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What's crazy is I decided to do it without looking into it at all, not realizing <laughs> that I needed a collaborating physician. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's have this transaction of which I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me sign this paper. <laughs> let me, let me, let me get your office and rent it. Even though it has like wallpaper and like disgusting carpeting. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Sure. Let, this is a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> My wife yeah. is like, oh, okay. So what you need is faith in God and a really good partner. This is all you need. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I opened those practice and quickly got a collaborating physician. And six months later, the law changed and we no longer needed them. So whew, on ya. that. <laughs> See ya. And when I opened up, I went to the physician down the street and I said, hey, just letting you know, I'm opening up here, taking over for this doctor. And by the way, I don't mean to step on any toes. You know, it's all good. And he said, oh, no. In fact, I plan to retire next year and I would like you to buy me out. So, Wait, so now you bought two practices. So now I bought two practices. <laughs> I moved the first practice into, I bought the building of the second one and I, and I moved the first practice into the second one. Okay. Wait a minute. And I, I have was to like, stop you really quick. So go ahead. how did you afford the building? Did you um, just a take mortgage. a mortgage? Okay. You took oh, a mortgage. Oh yeah. I took a mortgage. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Of course. So the first one, the first one was like a rental agreement. So I was able to manage it. And then I paid for the equipment, by the way, for those of you who are wondering what it looks like to buy a practice, you can't really buy a practice because you can't really buy patients. That's illegal. Oh. So you make a transaction <laughs> over a good to know, right? Yeah, so, good to know. yeah. So you make the transaction either over a building or over equipment because patients can go wherever they want to go. Right. So you are hoping sure. that w the practice that you purchase that people will stay with you, but there's no guarantee. Ah, okay. A little you know. pearl there, a clinical yeah, pearl. Yeah, that is a little pearl. For those of you th thinking of buying someone out, they will, the seller will often tell you, Hey, this is what my practice is worth. And that's meaningless. That's not the price you pay because that is what's worth. How did you figure worth, that out? I don't know. Blind luck. Okay. Wait, so that was it the was, price. It was more from something. a space of, it was more from a space of like, well, I don't have what you're offering. At the time I wasn't savvy. Like right now I know, cause I've bought yeah. more practices since then. But at the time I was like, well, that's a great number. I don't have it. Goodbye. Like truly innocent. 
And then they came back and were like, well, how about this? And I was like, oh yeah, that, that works. That never works. Ah. Um, but I've, I've later come to discover that someone will say, Hey, I make a million dollars a year. My practice is worth a million dollars. No, it's not. Your practice is worth a million dollars with you in it, with you generating it, but there's no guarantee. You can't, you're not selling me that. Okay. So there's no guarantee. So that's, that's not what it's worth at all. So it, it's actually a made up number. You can make up any number you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a and garage it's just sale. A, yeah. It's a garage. Exactly right. It was, that's a great analogy. Like, yeah, it was worth 200 for you to buy that guitar, but right now it's yes. worth $5 to me. You want it? Great. That's exactly, exactly how to approach it. Yeah. And that seller could take it or leave it also, but there really is no, there's people who calculate formulas. It's, it's not real. Interesting. So, yeah. So then I bought the, the second practice. I just, we had the transaction over the building. Oh, okay. Um, so the rental for the equipment and now the mortgage for the building. Now I purchased the building. Okay. Right. And then there is an, you know, there is, there's habit, right? People go to the same place. And usually if just because there's a new provider in town, they'll usually give it a try. And as long as you're good, they'll stay more or less. Some people will yeah. leave, but more or less people go to the same place they've gone for the past 20 years. Right. So, yeah. So when you're buying a building with a practice, unless you're horrible, you're going to yeah. keep most of those patients. And both of them were pediatric practices. And I turned them into families. So now I was able to turn to the parents and say, Hey, you know, I could see you also which is the advantage nurse practitioners have because we're certified and family. I can see the whole yeah. fam, yeah. right? Whereas Me before too. I was a pediatrician, he couldn't see the adults, but now I can. So we were quickly able to grow the practice. And then another provider reached out to me and she said she wants to retire. And uh, at this point now I'm, I'm a mogul. So my two practices, <laughs> glad you realized that was a joke. So I'm a boss made, now. So I'm like, yeah, I'm my, huge, I'm huge boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> glad you recognize. <laughs> I've just entered the room. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so again with her, she had this crazy number and I was like, great, good luck. That's not going to work out for me. And not from a space of being like a negotiator, just from a space of, I don't have that kind of money. And a year later, she came back to me because no one had what she asked for. And she's like, how about this number? And I was like, perfect, let's go. So I brought her practice into the building that I'm in. Okay. So did you buy her building or buy her rental? No, it, did we it? had also a, like over her equipment. She, equipment. We came to a number for her equipment. I, I took a lot of like her otoscopes, a lot of things that are rather expensive to get. And I didn't, you know, so I took a lot of her equipment and she sent a letter to her patient saying, Hey, I'm retiring. This is who I'm recommending. Right. So it's a recommendation. And if you need, for those of you who are staying great, this is her new address. For those of you who don't want, she will be the one managing the charts and people who wanted their records, whatever my team managed that. Okay. And that was kind of the, how she transitioned. Most patients stayed, some asked for their records, we gave it to them, you know, cause you can't, right. It's, and that's, and you shouldn't be able to, right. You would never yeah. want, <laughs> that's not a good exactly. idea, but for just that letter of, Hey, this is who I recommend. Here's her address was worth the entire transaction. Because wow. most people go where the doctor that they trust recommends. So the moral of the story is one, you can't buy practice. Two, don't be scared when they give you a big price, just walk away. And don't be scared that you can't fill a doctor's shoes because you can, mm -hmm. um, because you're awesome yeah. and you're going to do everything right for your patients. So don't yeah. be scared. That's you know what? I love those little pearls because again, there are nurse practitioners listening that are thinking, trying to process through like, what does that look like? How do I get started? And I think a lot of, a lot of nurse practitioners aren't really taught. It's kind of crazy how to practice autonomously in school. Yeah. Like it's not brought up. It's not just kind of like, all right, so all your clinicals will be with a doctor or a nurse practitioner working in the hospital. We'll only kind of show you this really myopic view. 
And you'll only walk away with this understanding of these are my options. And so by hearing you say like, no, I just believed in myself. I believed I could do it. I, you know, just kind of came up with this plan and I let the pieces fall where they may. And I figured out as I went along, these are all things that nurse practitioners need to hear to kind of get their, you know, guts going that I can do this. I can open up a practice because there is so much fear. That's, that's what it is. There's, if you are thinking oh, the docs know more in business. They don't. They also didn't learn business. So if you have, so I teach at the local college here and I, I one of the classes, I, I, t- I teach healthcare policy and finance, but I always dedicate one class to opening up your practice. And this is what I say. If I, I describe what it's like to open up your practice and I'll, if after all of this that I say, you are still salivating to open up a practice, then do it. And if after everything I described, you're scared to open a practice, then don't do it. But either way, like just be one with that decision. Like, like my, my wife, my wife's a PA. She does not have the entrepreneurial spirit at all. She does not want to own her business in any capacity. And that works for her. So, you know, if you're in this, like, I'm not sure if I want to or not, when you listen to this podcast, somebody who wants, who has that spirit, every time they hear a story, they're going to say, oh my God, I wish that was. And yeah. other people are going to listen to it and say, holy, I don't know if I could curse on this. Holy sugar. We're clean on this podcast. Holy sugar. Okay. Holy sugar. <laughs> this is the most terrifying ish I've ever heard of. This yes. lady's bananas. How did she do it? Then walk away from that conversation of being an entrepreneur because it's not for you because it's terrifying every day, all day. And you have to want that. Uh-huh. And yeah. And, and, and just be one with it. Like, just be like, okay, if this is terrifying, like this is your litmus test. If this is terrifying you to the point of like, I, I don't think I could do it, then you probably can't. And then just stop wishing it and do amazing stuff in your thing. Go, go the highest you can to the hospital, do the highest that you can in your practice. But if every time you hear a story, there's this thing inside of you, that's like, man, like this people who hear it right now, they're feeling it as I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then just F and do it. I curse a lot, so this yeah. is hard for me. Then just <laughs> F and do it. Jump. It'll work itself out. I promise yeah. you it'll work itself out. That is so- such a great, like, to- like a total great pitch for that. Because it is true. Like, if you are afraid, it's just going to get scarier. So oh, yeah. don't do it. It never gets it's easier. It never gets easier. But if you're like, no, that sounds amazing. Like, how sounds do amazing. I? Yes how do I take a bet on me? How, what does it look like? I see that she just jumped. I want to jump. Like if yes. that's where you are, you've got to feed that beast. Cause it's just going to, you got to feed 100. it. And if it's you not know? where you are, then feed the other beast and let this like, like just be done with this conversation and that's okay. That's totally okay. Yeah. And just be like amazing at what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and there's enough nurse practitioners on my podcast that have shown how to do that other part to be super successful, to find other side hustles while they're doing the one job at the hospital, because you don't have to just stay in that one lane of, I'm just going to go work my, you know, Monday through Friday and no, learn how to precept students, learn how to open up a little, a little side thing. You don't have to do it where it's your full income, but you can do little side hustles and gigs that you're like, all right, yeah, I'm cool. I do this certain days. I do that. And you've got variety so that if, if, you want to see like, am I diversified? If the the job is just like, listen, you got to go. Then you're like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I've got nothing else ready. So that's yeah. what I really advocate for on here as well. But go ahead. 100%. No, I'm 100%. You're 100% correct. You know, I was just going to say, this brings me, you just mentioned something, the precept thing brings me to the next business, uh, yes. which is, well, actually, let me skip. First, 
as the business got bigger, I promised you, I'll yeah. show you the problems and how I saw as the business got yeah. bigger, I realized in order to continue to provide amazing care, I need a scribe in the room because you don't want to do this. Yeah. What were you saying? Right. You don't want to type for those of you listening and not hearing, you don't want to type and not look at your, for those of you listening and not watching, not, not hearing, sorry. <laughs> you don't want to type while you're talking to your people, but the amount of volume that we got in my practice, we're seeing 70 to 80 patients a day per provider. Yes. And nobody feels rushed. If you look at our reviews, there's not a single person that feels rushed. We have our workflow down to a science, but one of it is that you need a medical scribe. It's because the oh medical scribes, yeah, no, we're, we're legit. So You're you don't have to do 70. We're crazy. Okay. So wow. Per, per, per provider. Yeah. Wow. We, we have active patient roster of 20,000 patients at this point at EG healthcare. And by the way, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you should, cause we're so funny. It's just funny. Dr. E, this is great. <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't even get to the big part yet. Okay. Keep going. So we get this. We, so I had a scribe in the office yet at the time and it was great. But when she left, I was like, wow, I can't really be dependent on this one person if she's on vacation or whatever. And it's, it's really important for the provider experience, not to chart all day, but super important for the patient experience that they get my full attention. I'm looking in their eyes, I'm here and I'm not on the computer. Somebody else is typing, right? So it's super important. So I reached out to a virtual company and you know, they're based out of India and we started, it was a virtual, the scribe is in India and they are listening in and then they do the charts for you. And then I realized I could probably run this company myself. <laughs> so I opened up my own scribe company. I'm going to skip some parts. Open up my own scribe company in India. My scribes are in India. And here's the cool thing about it. It is run by women who truly are not allowed to leave their house to work, right? Especially at nighttime because there's a time difference. So oh. they are allowed to work from home and their families are happy. So they're able to put food on their table while their families are able to observe them because there's women are not allowed to go out at night and there's just cultural issues there. Right. So you were empowering this whole group of women in India to be able to work and provide income while meeting their cultural norms. So it's just been like this crazy win-win. Initially I was using scribes just for my company, but then my colleagues find out about it. And so now my colleagues are using my scribes. So it became its own entity. So that's, that's business number two. Wait, okay. You've okay. Yes. Business number two, because you've acquired two other businesses. Well, but that's EG all wrapped Healthcare up in the still, one. There's one. Yeah. Yeah. And then describe. Okay. Describe. And then number three is you prep. Okay. I'm E by the way, G is my wife. So that's why everything's okay. B. I was mentoring a lot of NPs and you just said it, the education is good, but the clinical, I feel like could be better. Yeah. You know, this is something yeah. that can be listened to in other places. So really careful with my language. Yeah. And so it's amazing and we are prepared, but there is a bit of a leap once you graduate to really feel comfortable in the exam room where what we don't have is, is residency, right? Where you get that comfortability. And yes, there's a comfort as a nurse, but it's a little bit different comfortability and peace. So EG prep is designed. It's a, it's an education company. It's like a two-day workshop We're we've, we're launching it officially January, 2021. If you want to, it's in Staten Island Hilton. It's a two-day workshop with really specific you said January modules. January, 2023? Tw I'm sorry. You said January 21st and 22nd, this coming January. Is that 23? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 21st and 22nd of 2023. Okay. Um, and it's a two-day, we hope to run it two or three times a year, two-day workshop with big modules 
not academic, like clinical, like approach that's going to be approach to the patient with headache. So we're going to walk through exactly what the pitfalls for headache approach to the patient with back pain, because you already have all the information, you already passed it, you're already, but we're going to help you assimilate it into what you need in the exam room. So we're super excited about that. So that's wow. business number three. So that's number three. Okay. Hey guys, I hope four. you're enjoying the number episode. Four. I wanted to take a second and tell you what I've got cooking at the doctor's podcast. My business partner and I, Jackie King, created an Etsy shop called Success NP. The goal of our Etsy shop is for NPs and NP moms to work smart, cherish the moments of life, and live beautifully. We created adorable digital downloads for new moms, moms that need to get organized, and we also just launched a brand new digital planner. It's a nurse practitioner-themed planner with stickers to help you customize and keep your life organized. It has inspirational quotes for different nurse specialties, as well as facts related to our job as nurse practitioners. So for my listeners, if you go check out my Etsy shop, which I have linked in the okay, show notes. And number four. Um, if number you- four is the biggie. Okay. Number four is not called EG something. It's called the new method, but new is spelled with a K because you always okay. knew there was a better way. And that came from the fact that my wife was sick a few years ago. She has an autoimmune issue and conventional medicine really failed her. Mm-hmm. And we turned to something called functional medicine and it really changed our lives. Wow. And so I realized I had to bring it back to my patients. So I started slowly and that's why I eventually I got my PhD integrated medicine. Say integrated medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got, and so we I invented the new method. So I, it's like a specific application of my knowledge and we're national, we're national. So we have clients cause they're not, we can't call them patients and not patients cause we can't practice medicine out of the state, but we have clients all over the country who <sighs> need functional medicine support. So those are four businesses. How and- do you keep up with the volume? My goodness. I mean, I hear the scribe. Okay. And then somehow the scribe <laughs> ends up turning into a business, but okay. And then, so that helps you keep up with your clinical work to a certain extent. Cause there's still, you still have to manage the practice, which is, you know, as the sure. CEO, well, I have a big like, team at this point. Yeah. You've got, you've got managing people, which is a ton of work. And now you yeah, run these other teams. businesses. How are you doing all well, this? Well, e-healthcare. As it grew, I hired other NPs. So the, my NPs, I only practice primary care once a week at this point because the rest of the time isn't functional. I have a team of about 20 locally. I have two people in the Philippines. I have a, obviously a few people in India. So it's thing. It's, Wait, why do you have people in Philippines? Is that for the scribe business as well? No, one is for my billing and one is to help us with writing articles for our blogs. So we just, the team is just like, it's it's never ending, right? Because we have, if you want, if so EG Healthcare and then the new method, remember the new spelled with a K, I always like to say, because people are listening. If you look at our social media, it's intense and it's its own machine. We produce content. You know, I spend all of Tuesday just producing content for the week. So we produce content all the time. There's nothing haphazard about it. So we need a team. So we need a team. There's a team for everything. So part of that also is creating a lot of, content blogs so we have someone in the philippines that helps us with that yeah and that helps with like seo is that what you're trying yes, to kind of help exactly right so that helps yeah. with seo and yeah. then every every there's a there's a method to manage. so i have a whole team that manages eg and then i have a new method team and yeah so it's it's a lot 
Yes. So but, for those that are like, yes. wait, Sandra just Listen. said SEO. What is that? So that's search engine optimization. So it's to get her company name out there. So when you type in e healthcare, she's the first one that pops up. The more content you put out, like evergreen content, right? That ends up driving people to you. From what I'm understanding, I'm still new with this whole thing. No, like, no it's good. I know how to I'm like glad... drop terms, but like I'm like, oh, so is that a SEO? Like, I'm like, no, oh, it's, I'm glad you said that because a lot of times <laughs> I've found myself in places where people are saying acronyms and I had no idea what they were and I'd have to Google them. So let's not be those people, right? I yeah. really love that you brought that. So SEO for any of you up and coming entrepreneurs, it is not enough to just have a website. Great, I paid somebody a thousand dollars and did my website. That is worthless. That's like just having a piece of paper, like a flyer hanging up in your wall and no one sees the flyer. You have, people have to come to your website. Just owning one is meaningless. So there's a few ways you could bring people to your website. One is paying, like you pay Google ads. So like everyone, every time somebody says knee pain, if you're an ortho, it'll come to you. But for those who don't have deep pockets, SEO is another way to do it. So it's, it's more organic. And so you have to your web guide, this is not something that is within, it shouldn't be in your purview if you're clinical. I mean, if you're NP, that's also web, awesome. But you need to have a web person who understands that they need to build a whole bunch of stuff in your website that you might not even see with your eyes to help drive the Google robots to your site. So if someone says, I'm looking for a doctor in my area, doctors near me, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in the background that will bring them to your site. That's SEO. And there's a talent, there's a skill for it, and you have to make sure you're hiring somebody that helps you with it. So what I was talking about now is that the more content you have on your website, whether people read it or not, it's really about the Google robots. So we create blogs every week about various topics. So if somebody searches, I don't know, headaches, and they see my article, it will lead them to the website. So there's just a whole world around it. And so it's part of a strategy. Do you need to do it right away? No, if you're just opening up your business, this is not your top priority. Should it be on your list of things to do? Yes. Yeah. So what else do you feel like has contributed besides acquiring other businesses to your growth as a practice? What would you say if you had to kind of go and pinpoint and take a needle and just go, this thing right here has been a game changer. What would you say? The team, 100% the team. Yeah. You have to, to be you have to be about your team. If you're going to be a business owner, you have to be about your team. The patient, I have to say, is important. But if your team's on a point, I cannot tell you how many people have come to me because they said, I love Dr. Smith, but I can't stand their front desk. So I've left mm -hmm. Dr. Smith because your team is so nice. The only reason my team is so nice is because they're my top priority and they know it, which means I try to pay them as best as possible. I, If somebody's rude to them, I will I will never take the, the patient's side. My patients know this. You're rude to my, to my team, you're getting discharged. So my team knows I have their back. You write a review about my, so sometimes you write a review, most are, most of them are like 4.8, which is a lot considering our volume. Yeah. Yeah. But if you write a negative review and say the front girls don't know what they're talking about, my butt will be writing back and say, if you mean screaming at my staff is you saying that they don't know what they're talking about. Well, like I am going at you because I treat my team like my family. And that doesn't mean they're all with me for years. I have a core team that's been with me for years and some come and go. That's the nature of the job. Not everyone is a front office person forever. But when you're a part of EG, you're behind the line and I got your back. And that also means if we structure things like if you need a microloan, we're going to give you a microloan to help you out. 
if you have a situation at home and you need, we have your back in a lot of places when you work at Edie and we've had some weird situations and we're like, what do we need to do to get you where you need to be? If that means we've had, we've had people who even had issues with drugs and we, they were willing to do the work. We were willing to keep them on, you know, so there's things that you can do for your team. If your team knows you have their back, they will have your back at the front on the phone everywhere with the patients. They're going to smile to the patients. They're going to be kind to those patients. So it's, it's, it's all about the team always all the time. So what you're, what you're talking about is reminding me of this book. That's why I said built to last good to great. I can't remember the author's name, but he wrote a book on getting the right people on the bus. That was his whole concept. And another book that I love, Dave Ramsey, he wrote, he wrote a book on the entrepreneur. He also describes his team and the way that you just talked about your team is the exact way that he talked about them in his book. It's like this guy, his wife had, his wife had passed away in a car accident. Mm. He was away on a trip for the company. So he described in the book that he flew a private jet out to get this guy from wherever he was and flew him back home so that he didn't have to drive back from this event. He flew a private jet out to go get him. And when I heard that, I just thought my heart just like broke. I was like, how much does he care about these, like the little people in his company that he was like, Dave Ramsey was like, I'm getting a private jet charter to go get this guy because he's going to find out and he needs to be able to get home and 40 minutes, not seven hours, you know? Right. And so just that whole mindset. And then in the good to great book, he talks about getting the right people on the bus. And that whole concept is just this idea that everyone has a spot that they could be in and mm-hmm. you've got to get them to their right seats. Because once you get the right people on the bus, it almost doesn't matter what the mission is. Yep. They gonna pull, like, cause you got the right people in the right spots. And then the leadership aspect that you're talking about, that servant leader, that heart of like, my job job is to just take care of these people because in turn they take care of me and we're able to keep this system going. And, and they know the girls have been with me from the beginning. They know I never got a fancier car. I didn't get a fancier house. Every time there's more, we give more benefits. We give more benefits. So at first we had no benefits. Now we do. And uh, you know, every, like we're like, we grew from nothing. Just, Hey, this is all I got. So like, we have a package now that we can give you, right? We didn't have that. And it didn't have to be that way. I see my colleagues. I could, I could just be like, great, more for me. And that's just never going to work out. That type of mentality. That's just not a long-term mentality. It's old school. It's old yes. school. No, um, that's what he talked about as well. The giving. And we did as day. much as possible. I mean, we can never be work from home, right? Because we provide direct okay. patient care. Yeah. But we could really be cognizant of work-life balance. So that means we take turns staying late because there's in medicine, you tend to stay late. So we try to make it where not the whole team stays late. Tuesday's your day to stay late. So you can plan your life. You know, Tuesday is not a good day to plan an event, but you know that the rest of the week you are out on time so that you can plan your life. And that's really important. So there's small things that we put into place to, you know, the team used to work the whole, every weekend. And then one of my, one of my really good team members said, I, I really can't do this every weekend thing. And I said, you know what, we could split the team in half, but you'll be a skeleton team. But as long as everyone's down with like stretching themselves on the weekend, then we'll alternate weekends. And we did it. And everyone's so much happier because now it's alternate weekends. So it, it's it's harder, but they were down for it, right? So there's so many things that you can do creatively that don't, that doesn't cost the business more money to give, to do that. 
making sure that everyone gets out on time and only one person stays late. That doesn't cost you more money. There's so many things that you can do. We close down for lunch every day between 1.30 and 2. Phones go for lunch. No conversation. You have to eat. There's no, and, and I get agitated. I'm like, let's go, go downstairs or go, like, go eat. You need a break. No, 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 I'll work. No, no, no. You got, you have to go. You'll burn out. We close Fridays because it's really critical, especially with direct care. Cause you know, people are people. It's a lot. It's a lot. And you need to take those moments to yourself. And so it's, it's really all about team. So that is the pivotal thing, which then translates in my opinion to superior patient care because the team's vested. And so superior patient care it keeps them coming back, obviously, right? And and yeah. and so that those, those are the two things. So along this way, have you had any mentors? Has anybody like mentored you through your process, yes. or have you just yes. been a single yes. lone wolf? No, no, no one does this alone. No, mm-hmm. and that's really important because then then when you're on top, you have to pull others up because you did not get here by yourself. I don't care what rhetoric, I don't care what politician. Nobody got to where they are by themselves. That's a bunch of BS. And so yeah. when you're on top, you make sure you bring everybody up with you. First and foremost, my wife, no joke. She is like, she is the moral compass in my life. So if there's something I'm not sure, like, am I in a gray area? If Gina thinks this is no good, it's no good. We just walk away. So that's first and foremost. And then mentors along the way, always, always, always. And I pay a lot of money at this point for my mentors because at first it's colleagues, but then it's it's coaches and mental health coaches and people who have done it better for you and you pay for Mm -hmm. their time because you, you cannot, especially when you run your own business, it's just you and the walls. Yeah. Who are you asking? Right. And everyone who works for you works for you. So you're the one that's supposed to have the answers, pay money for your mentors, make sure you get mentors, put your ego aside because you don't know. And you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and I, I forgot the most important thing, you know, God in the universe, you know, there are moments where you're just like, there are times when you yes. plan things and God's like, I'm going to let you know, that's not actually the plan. And you just have to be like, okay, my man, my bad. I got you. So a lot of faith, a lot of faith, a lot of faith, but mentors. Yes. You need mentors all the way. Yeah. It sounds like you're paying for mentorship. Well, at this point I'm paying for mentorship, but you know, I'll tell you a small story of some, when I first, first started at EG healthcare, it was a tiny little blip. And I turned to, I'm going to mention his name, Dr. Frank Scafuri, because I can never forget his kindness. And he's, he's big time on the Island in Staten Island. And I turned to him, I was like, Hey, you know, kind of scared of him. And he's like, there are, there are enough patients for me. There are enough patients for you. Whatever help you need. He did not know me from a hole in the wall. Whatever help you need, you are not competition. They'll come to me. They'll come to you, whatever you need. And that was such a turning moment for me because he did not have to do any of that. And he helped me along the way for nothing, for no reason other than that he's kind. And so I try to mention his name all the time. I, I thanked him in my book because that was really impactful because he could have totally been like, why are you wasting my time? I'm not even going to meet with you. He met with me. He was kind to me. He's gotten me out of a, a lot of situations. I didn't know what to do next. Until this day, I call him and ask him, Frank, are you closing for the snowstorm? And if he says yes, then I'm closing until this day. So, so you know, so. it's so funny as you were describing him, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of nurses, and I don't know if it's just the mentality that our, our, our group has, but we tend to think we're in competition with one another. And I think it's because we're a women dominated field. I think it's just a woman thing. I don't really know. I've tried to look at it from different angles and try to figure out why, but that is an abundance mindset, which when you have an abundance mindset and you're thinking that there is plenty to go around, there are not 
problems, you only see solutions or at least opportunities to grow solutions. You know, these different things were like the scribe business that you were talking about, like that was a problem. Like you were just kind of like, this is an issue, but you looked at it as an opportunity and then yes. you ended up turning it into a business. And so it's like, if you keep that mindset of abundance, one, you attract good things to you. And two, as you operate out of that abundance mindset, you begin to make more money. You're able to generate more revenue. You're able to come up with new things instead of thinking I'm in competition with everybody. We're playing a, you know, the game yes, of spoons, one last spoon. You know, we're all going to end up, some is going to end up without, if you don't think that way and you change no, you don't think that way. the environment. And I'm going to, to add to that, the abundance mindset for me is also, and you must give and you must give because to me, I feel like he only gives me as long as I give to others. If at any point I start to like fill my coffers, I know the faucet will stop. This is just, Ooh. I just know this. I don't know how I know it. I just know this. So you must give, you must help others because if you do, it'll just keep flowing your way. Yes. It will just keep flowing yes. away. That doesn't it's mean you can't use it. Of course. I'm not saying you have to you know, live in misery, but you must give. Yeah. And if you give, oh. you will, oh, you will just have more. You are, you are the first guest to say that. And I think it is a, it's, it's a huge point to sit on for a second. Again, I don't think that we realize, and I talk about this all the time, that there are laws that govern the universe. It just Amen. is what it is. And so exactly, when you have a baby, do you expect the baby to come in three days? No, you know, like you hope it doesn't come in three days, but you get what I'm saying. Nine yes, months, yes, yes. okay? That's when the baby is born. And you plant a, 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 what do you call those big trees? Live oak, live oak tree. And you plant a seed in the ground. You don't expect to have a live oak that's able to provide shade. Ah, that Correct. live oak got there after a hundred years of sitting there Correct. and enduring the storms and enduring the storms of life that have come through that area. That's what made that tree strong. And it's the same with the concept of giving, that if you give, it always comes back. There's a law. It governs the it world. Just is. It just is what it is. It Accept is. it. So just give it away and watch. Yes, it you give it away. Come. <laughs> my back. wife always says she's like, "You are bananas." You just, I'm like, no, nope, I just have to give it. Person comes my way, I have to give it. My wife rescues animals, and she's and I rescue humans. That's what she tells me. All the time. I'm like, just <laughs> give it. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. Sometimes people take advantage of me. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes people take advantage of me. Sometimes yeah. the staff is like, "You're never seeing that money again." I'm like, that's okay. That's yeah. on them. That's on them. Yes. Gary Vee yeah. talks about that all the time as well. Another guy I follow. He's super oh, I great. I just, oh my gosh. He just completely puts his mindset in like, I just, I know I'm going to get taken advantage of. It's okay. Yes, and when you have happens. that resiliency of like, if I get taken advantage of, I know that there's something else or for me, someone else looking out for me. That's not going to yes. let me fall. You move exactly with such right. confidence and you just let it go. Exactly. You're like, all yeah. right. And it's on them. That's like their karma that it's they took. Them. And, yeah. and didn't stand by their word, whatever their word is, that's, that's yeah. for them to figure out this. I don't have to worry I about totally it. totally agree. Man, well said. So if you could go back to Dr. E as an, as a med surge nurse and give her a little piece of advice, oh my God. something that you would tell her that you wish you would have known earlier, what would you tell her? I wouldn't tell her anything. Really? Yeah. Because you You're have the first to, one to say go, that too. no, you have to go through the trials and tribulations. Like people say, if I could go back and fix it, no, you must fall. You must fail. You must be embarrassed. And God, I was, I was, I messed up publicly many times. You have to go through that to become the person you are today. And if I was to change any of that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Like the woman that stands before you now full of integrity is a woman that failed in integrity, you know, in the past and had to see the circumstances 
of failing and hurting others and what that, and if, and learn that lesson so that can become the person of integrity. And if I didn't do that back then, I wouldn't be the person I am now. So, so nothing, I would just watch her and be like, sis, let's watch this. Love that answer. And you're the first one to give it. Fantastic. I love that one. Thank you. And um, for the rapid fire portion, this is the fly by your pants. You got to get ready. It's rapid fire. You ready? Here we go. What time, what, what time of day are you most inspired? Morning morning okay you're an early yeah. riser get it yeah you know get in there yes. get, okay oh how do you answer the phone i don't <laughs> i don't you better text that. me i'm not i don't okay, have so people who answer, answer the phone the at this phone. point i don't anyone knows that was really funny. and i'll tell you how i answer the phone <laughs> what's wrong why are you calling me why you, is this an emergency oh, why did you text okay, me bye. that is very funny and what subjects in school did you find most fascinating growing up oh my god most fascinating is what I did my first degree in English literature. I loved literature. English lit, my first degree, English lit. I did English lit. Then I went back to nursing. Oh, my dissertation and my- Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to ask. My dissertation I did on the effect of what we call it orthomolecular nutrition, but anti-inflammatory nutrition on tinnitus, which everyone in TikTok says is pronounced tinnitus. So I don't care how you pronounce it, but (laughs) anti-inflammatory diet effect- on ringing in the ears, pronounce it any way you want. Because what I discovered with my patients, incidentally, I discovered that when I cleaned up their diet, the ringing in the ears went away. Tinnitus, tinnitus. And so I did a kind of retroactive because I already had the data. And I was like, how the heck is this happening? And then I uncovered that in fact, for a certain, a huge population, tinnitus is in a sign of inflammation, right? Not the trauma or the, you know, the cops or the soldiers, those are trauma and hearing loss. But to a lot of people, it's actually a sign of inflammation. And when we take away the anti-inflammatory foods, the ringing in the ears goes away. It's, it's been fascinating. I have patients who are like, I've suffered. That's my dissertation with them. Yes. And then that, do you, 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 I'm sure you probably use this in your, I want to say, I'm going to say no, no with the K. New, the new method, the new method. The new method. The new method. Oh, man, yeah. Okay, new method. You're good, you're good. So is that with your new method business? That's the way you're yes. kind of implementing that practice. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's we have really a software cool. that we use. And that question was always in there. And I was like, what the heck is this question about ringing in the ears? I ignored it. But I would keep seeing like it was going from like a level 10 to level two. And I started asking my patients. I'm like, and they're like, oh yeah, the ringing in my ears is gone. Like they came in for joint pain or brain fog or they're autoimmune and the ringing in the ears would go away. And it was, it was during the time that I was in school. And I was like, this is what I'm writing my dissertation on. So see, God took care of me again. I didn't even have to figure it out. That is so cool. Well, thank you for coming onto the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. With my guests, your, your journey. It's incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you're interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services. Team Mama Papa, I love Mama.